Welcome to Mother Food Season 3, Conversations that Nourish the Modern Mother. I'm your host, Elisa Timoshkina, food writer, cookery teacher, author, chef, and a mother passionate about maternal empowerment through food and conversation. In this season, we meet women who forged inspiring careers in food, nutrition, and wellness, while also embracing lives as mothers. We talk about what it means to be a woman, a mother, and a creative. We share intimate moments of our complex journey with all the intricacies of our relationships to our bodies, our partners, and our children. And of course, there's a lot of talking about the food. I passionately believe that when women's voices come together to share stories, some magical transformation takes place. So, let's talk. Today on the podcast, I have two guests, Salar and Lisa Almula, founders of Omami. And together we will explore a very essential topic of baby food and baby weaning. Omami makes healthy weaning simple with a nutritionist-approved, chef-inspired baby food subscription boxes. Their blends are freshly made to order and formulated with your baby's development in mind. The flavor combinations are so imaginative and delicious. Think of beetroot, strawberry, quinoa and basil, or chickpeas, bell pepper, cherry tomato and paprika. And the duo behind the Vibrant brand is as wonderful as their food itself. I absolutely loved learning about their journey from parents into food entrepreneurs, which pretty much happened in parallel. Their love of food is intoxicating and it reminded me of just how much food is so much more than what we eat. Food is the stuff that makes us fall in love a vehicle for deep human connection, a vehicle for our creativity and family bonding. And of course, it can also be a huge and diverse industry. And Salah and Lisa pretty much embody all of those different facets of the complex phenomenon of food. Their story is really inspiring. As soon as they realized that they were going to become parents, they started to research the vast and confusing world of baby food. And by the time Lisa was three months pregnant, not only had they researched all that was there on the market, but they have also decided to launch their own baby food brand, which would offer real unprocessed meals for different stages of weaning. It was really fascinating to talk to them about the science and the practicality of baby food. I finally got all of my geeky questions answered about how baby food is manufactured. And I hope that the really useful information that they offer in this episode will not put anyone off any particular brands, but hopefully will enable you to make an informed decision. And I believe this is essential when it comes to choosing food for yourselves and your family. And also, I think I found the best answer to the eternal dilemma of whether we should opt for baby-led weaning or puree foods. And Lisa gives a really concise and insightful solution to that. Overall, I was mostly inspired and impressed with how the experience of parenting 
became a pivotal moment, not only in their personal lives, but also in their professional lives. On the one hand, I really do admire people who manage to keep their life unchanged after they have kids. But I'm also really fascinated by those who let this profound experience of becoming parents lead them into a new terrain. So to any parents out there who are toying with the idea of using this experience to change their careers and want to find out about the realities of running your own food business, this episode is for you. And if you would like to try out Omami's subscription box, I am delighted to offer you a special discount. Just head over to omami.co.uk and use motherfood25 for a 25% discount of your first box. Welcome to Motherfood. It's so lovely to have you. This is the first time that I have two people on the show, so bear with me if I <laughs> if I get a bit confused. But yeah. um, we're happy to be here. Uh, yeah. We're big fans of you for a start. Oh, thank and all you. The lovely stuff that you put out there. Yeah, uh, makes us hungry all the time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, likewise, I absolutely love your Instagram, and it just has so much wit and style. It's beautiful. Yeah. And I love the food. So you've sent us some stuff to try. And I have to say, I probably ate as much as my daughter did. Oh, that's good <laughs> they to hear. shared at half. I thought I was the only strange one doing that because I, you know, we're always on the go with our work. So I always carry a few with me. I feel like <laughs> they're really healthy snack pots. They get me through the day. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant. So your parents, yourselves, and that just evokes a lot of admiration. And I wanted to begin by asking you, how did you start the business and where did the idea come from? Sure. I mean, we were both, um, I guess when Lisa got pregnant, we, um, we, we were actually living overseas at the time. And um, we, once, we knew that we wanted to bring our kid up in London. That's, you know, I was born and raised here. Uh, my accent's gone funny along the way, but I am a true Londoner. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, we're, we're, we're quite, I think we're over-researchers in a sense, where we understood that we wouldn't have as much disposable time as we did before. So we, we started researching what's in the market, you know, back when she was pregnant yeah. in the UK, because we'd both been away a long time. And we both and love food. We both love food. So, well. yeah. You know, <laughs> it, was, uh, it was exciting for us to research. And, uh, and, and we quickly saw that there was something a bit wrong with sort of like the convenience baby food market. Um, you know, everyone we know uses it. And, but we thought maybe we can do something a bit better. Uh, like these things are sitting on a shelf for up to two years sometimes. And it made us wonder what goes into that process to get it on a shelf unrefrigerated for two years. Mm. And so uh, that's where Amami was born. We started understanding more about the processes behind it, and you know, the nutrition in those actual pouches and, and how we could sort of better that and give parents a convenient option because none of us are superheroes. We can't do 50 million things at a time, even though people paint every parent to be that way. And, uh, and so that's, that's, that led us on a, a long journey, a year and a half of research and development, different processes on how to preserve the nutrients in the food, but keep it fresh. 
and give you a bit longer shelf, uh, I'd say for shelf life, but fridge life. And, uh, and that's what we managed to achieve with Amami. So we have a great um, you know, selection of blends that are essentially homemade fresh foods, but they will sit in your fridge for about two weeks once you receive them. So you can just grab one on the go and not be worried about any impact on nutrition and know that your baby's being fed um, uh, some of the healthiest food that you can as a convenience food. Yeah, and like I just wanted to add to that because um, the other thing that about that I wanted to do is that I feel like it's so important to have a relationship with food from the beginning that you can actually see and touch the food. And that was the other thing that put me off a bit about the pouches that you can't see it, like what is inside. And I just think it's so important for babies and children to, to learn about food and food education and know where it comes from, what are you eating, um, you know, what does it look like, touch, feel, and all that stuff. So that's why, that's another reason why we wanted yeah. to create yeah, convenience food you cool. can actually see and touch and smell. Because <laughs> it's being convenient, those pouches, I mean, you know, a, a lot of parents swear by them. And, and you do need something which you can use on the go. But it doesn't mean that there's no scope to do a bit, you know, to do better than what's out there. And I think because pouches are so convenient and widely used, people are forgetting that whole, you know, relationship with food aspect. Mm. You know, it's not just about what's in the pouch, but, um, you know, what, how's your baby's relationship mm. developing with the food? Mm. And if you look at a lot of research that's out there, you start... Um, seeing a lot written on, on, on how important those first sort of um, experiences of food are. Um, you know, it's not all about nutrition always, especially in the beginning stages of weaning. It's about, uh, it's, it's about experience Tasting, and taste and exploring yeah. sensory. So when, you, when you're taking it directly from the spout of a pouch, which most parents do, you know, they give it to their kid in a, in a push chair, and, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's okay. Like parents got to do whatever they got to do at the moment. But, but if, if you're not sort of like even spoon feeding them or letting them see the food, you're taking that element away. And, and that's really going to give your kid, um, you know, a healthy relationship with food, understanding what's in there, the colors of the food, the textures, the taste, the touch, the, the, yeah. the smell. So we encourage all of our parents, um, to you know, let the babies get messy with our food as well. There's a bit extra in there for that reason. <laughs> oh, I love that, and babies most certainly do get messy when it comes to food. Oh, yeah. It's always in our head. <laughs> <laughs> he throws it all over us sometimes. <laughs> so just to understand um, kind of your journey a little bit better, what are your backgrounds professionally before you started Omami? Well, I'm in, I was, I'm in, I was in contemporary art, so completely different. Wow. Uh, but that explains the Instagram then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like always loved food. Like I'm, I feel like food's my biggest joy in life. I know how some people, yeah, that you can be into like completely different things like architecture or fashion or whatever. Food is everything for me. So, That's yeah. why we got married. Yeah. It was, <laughs> I finally met someone who could eat as much as me <laughs> and enjoy it as much. Um, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's basically my background. And my background's completely different. I mean, people look at me in disbelief when they say, okay, you've started not just a food brand, but a baby food brand and gone into e-commerce. I was in, uh, I actually left uni at 19 um, uh, I, and I moved to Iraq 
that's where I'm originally from. And at the time it was opening up and uh, I went there to see what we could do um, and ended up getting into telecoms, which I knew nothing about, but I learned a lot on that journey. And that was like setting up mobile networks and, and, and sort of distributing uh, mobile goods, like, you know, mobile phones they didn't even have there. Um, so that was, I actually was fortunate enough to see a situation I don't think I'll ever see again in my life, which is going to a territory and giving, basically learning how to bring essential goods into the market. And, uh, and nowadays a mobile phone is an essential good. So it was, you know, it was quite interesting to see and see people's relationship with products that they've never had access to before. And from that, I spent quite a, a many few years doing that. And then I moved into construction, another sector I knew nothing about. But uh, I was fortunate to work under people that I learned a lot from. And um, so we ended up building a company and taking it um, to one of the most successful um, construction companies specializing in, in construction within the oil and gas sector. And um, so that's, you know, from that, I think people usually get burnout in these environments and we end up tending to start our own thing to get a bit of more of a healthy sort of like personal work relationship life. But little did we know starting your own thing is going to take every ounce <laughs> and every minute yeah. of you as well. So uh, here we are. That's amazing. And I guess in a way you're ready that you jump into something you don't know and learn on the job and become yeah. quite successful at it. Um, have you ever had any inclinations towards working in food or was just your experience of pregnancy and just that thought of what are we going to feed our child enough mm -hmm. to inspire you to create your money? I mean, no, I've, I've never worked in food before, but um, I don't know, like I, I'm like a home cooking. I love to do. Uh, I've never done anything else but that, no. But she's a good home cook, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> she's cooked some amazing meals. For instance, our, um, you know, like I, I'm very used to Iraqi food growing up. Like my, but we have something in common. I'm Norwegian, by the way. So Lisa's from, from Norway. Yeah. But both our families were, I think the central thing that brought them together, we both come from really big families, was food. Yeah. She always had the same experiences, everyone around the dinner table. To this day, um, it's something so important to her mother and father. And, and to this day, same with my family. That's when the only time we can congregate now yeah. is either someone's cooking, brings everyone from all the different places they are right now in life, and we come together over food. But, uh, but you know, Lisa's, I think, if I don't mind speaking on your behalf, you yeah. love... <laughs> I talk a lot, Elisa. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I, I think it was. See, Lisa was really, and you can touch more on it, but you sh it was. I think it was really important to you, which you said from the beginning, uh, of, of getting our kids on a really sort of like great start to life with food. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I want them to love food. Like we love food because for me everything and like every celebration every good memory there is is with food like food's always around you and there's something to celebrate if you have even a small thing like a cozy family dinner it's always around food so for me it was really really important that he loves food too and then you know that's it's, i think both of us sort of one of our callings had to come into food at some point in our life i mean the amount we eat and enjoy it <laughs> 
you know, and then working with it. And, you know, it was sort of a blessing. It was, it was a fun part of, of, of us starting was actually the development and coming up with the recipes, which, you know, to be honest, uh, Lisa put all of that together. And, um, and, and it's something that I think we both really enjoy doing, which is coming up with sort of like the recipe creation and, and planning forward for like the different things that we could bring out and different products that we could bring out. So it's uh, that side of it, I think will always be something uh, that brings joy to us. Mm. And I wanted to ask you about you know, the technical stuff, because I'm sure many mothers and fathers who listen to this episode are familiar with pouch food, and we all have been at yeah. one point or another feeding our children that. But of course, we have very little understanding of the technical scientific aspect of that. And you guys would be the perfect people to ask that question. You know, what is the kind of standard pouch food made like? And what do you how do you innovate and what do you offer that's more kind of alive and real than the pouch stuff? See, for us, I think if we didn't get into this business, there would be a lot that we didn't, we wouldn't have known or we yeah. wouldn't have understood. Um, we've you know, learned a lot. We've learned way. a lot. And, and it's something that I'm glad that we did have, you know, we were privy to all of that information because it's, it's I mean, the baby food industry, um, you know, you've seen a great progression, like from what, you know, sort of just the rice meals that were offered, you know, in a, you know, back from as long as we can remember to sort of like these fruit and veg pouches and, and then organic fruit and veg pouches. So I think people get sometimes a false sense of how healthy these things yeah. are for your baby. Organic doesn't mean healthy always, that something's labeled organic and that's that's a big trick, I feel, with a lot of food, not just baby food. But when it says organic, you, autom you automatically think, oh, it must be healthy, it's organic, or it's gluten-free, it must be healthy. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> that's, not, that's not always the case. Yeah, which, which is, you know, I think when you produce baby food on a large scale like that, they use different processes. Like, for instance, we start from scratch. We get great produce from, from farms um, that produce to organic standards. And we make it in our manufacturing site and everything is processed there and then. These baby foods buy pre-processed purees. So they've already gone through a whole series of treatment and heat treatment, and which you know, already reduces the nutrient content of that, um, of that food or the ingredients they're using. And um, then they'll sort of like bring that uh, together. So they'll order all the ingredients pre-pureed and then they'll mix those together at their facility or whoever produces for them. And um, along that process, you lose even more nutrients because everything's kept super hot. It's heated up to 185 degrees, I think, which is a lot of nutrients lost. And it's not the temperature that you would ever do in your own kitchen. I don't even yeah. know if that's possible with just on the stove or to get 185 degrees. Yeah, I mean, they reach um, in huge temperatures. And that, you know, there's a lot of science behind that. I mean, it takes, you know, you remove the enzymes from the food that helps babies digest these, these foods at the same time. So you're, you're, taking away um, a lot of the good with the bad. I mean, the whole point of them heating it up is to remove any bacteria. So that's why it's sort of sterile and it sits there for two years on the shelf. Yeah, it's, it's really, our process is very different. We use a cold pressure technology that's fairly new to the UK. And it's something that's used with a lot of like coconut waters and, and healthy smoothie drinks. It basically uses extreme pressure to, um, to, to, to eliminate or inactivate bad bacteria. 
So it's in a frozen state, basically. Uh, it keeps it safe for the baby. And at the same time, you get a few weeks extra shelf life. But the nutrients um, are nearly you know, all intact. It, it's that trade-off. Okay, fine, you're not going to have two years, but you still have you know, two, two to three weeks, which yeah. is enough time for you to keep in your fridge and just take out on the go. So basically our process, if like to break it down, is like this. All the raw produce comes into our kitchen. We steam some of it. It's gently steamed. Um, and some of it is still raw, like spinach, for example. Baby spinach is still raw. Um, carrots, sweet potatoes, these things that need to break down to be able to eat them. For babies, they're steamed, um, gently steamed. And then they are blended together with for each individual individual blend. They're put in their pots and then they go in the pots to the HPP, which is the cold pressure Salar was talking about. Yeah. And the pot goes under cold water where the pressure is applied and then we get it back. Basically. Yeah. So it's, it's a really environmentally friendly um, process yeah. and a natural process. And it allows you to keep a, uh, a to, to keep your product natural. So no preservatives, no additives, no citric acid to like, because it's, um, it's, it's another thing that we jumped um, jumped ahead with. I mean, after they use all these pu- pre-pureed ingredients that are super heat treated, they also have to have, like, they got to, they do everything they can to keep it as acidic as possible so that it inhibits bacteria growth. So then you apply, like, citric acids and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, some, some companies also use a lot of additives because the food, the taste of the food moves away from its original taste. They start using additives in to sort of, you know, to make up for that as whether it's sweeteners uh, or other or other things. And some use sort of, you know, color additives to I don't know if you've if you've ever um, like poured out one of these pouches, you'll see the color is very different to, you know, fresh fruit. Like I said earlier, if, if you compare it to ours, you know, a, a mango that's pre pureed or, or done at home is exactly what ours would look like. Well, yeah, yeah. a bright yellow like mango should look like and these pouches you'd see it probably be a, a dark brown color um and that's because of all the treatment that's gone through so so it's it's quite <clears throat> it's it's a very different process and and for us it's something that we were really keen on 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 bringing to the mass market and i hope that we get the chance to do that um it's we're, we're knocking on the doors of retail at the moment and we really want to champion sort of like a fresh baby food, convenience food. Because it's quite strange. We all have convenience food as adults. You can pick up a sandwich. You can, you know, there's so many different things. Mm. But there's nothing like that for like young babies. Um, you have to go to, you know, the, the, the unrefrigerated aisles. And how big is your team? Hi. You're looking <laughs> at our team right now. <laughs> so we took on a lot. Like we... Wow. You know, yeah no um, i mean we we do have we have a couple of um of of, of uh, staff who help us on the manufacturing side yeah um but everything else we also include ourselves on the manufacturing yeah. side um, we're always there we're always there um just uh it, it, you learn a lot about a business being in every sort of facet of it i mean for a startup firstly you don't have incredible funds at your disposal so you do have to put on a hat for every single thing that you do and you want to control it like i i, I will need to be there and control and make sure that everything you know the way that we want it yeah, to be yeah. but um but yeah so it's us and i think we we want to go into we want to get funded next year and uh really like supercharge um mm-hmm. the project moving forward 
so that we can bring in more, you know, people that are better at us at doing certain things. I think that's the goal. And, um, and free ourselves up to really like elevate the brand and bring it forward. Um, for instance, you know, building our, 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 our locations for retail and things of that nature and getting sold across the UK. Yeah. At the moment, how can one get hold of your produce, uh, products? We're a subscription service, first of all. So you can subscribe online and pause and cancel anytime. So, and then you, you get two weeks worth, either one, two or three meals a day. Every two weeks we deliver and then that food stays fresh in your fridge for two weeks. Or if you live in London, we're available through um, Good Life E3. So yeah, you can order they, us on delivery. Yeah. They, they're, we're, we're on a three, three delivery with them and we're in store in the St. John's Wood and Sloan Avenue stores. Yeah. And, um, and we, we are actually working on a few other chains in London. Um, like I said at the beginning, we're very London focused in the beginning for retail, but we'll learn and we'll, we'll expand out after that. But um, yeah, I mean, primarily it's a subscription box service. So we want parents to really, um, you know, just have an easy time feeding their kids and feeding them healthy. So you don't have to do any of the planning, shopping, you know, thinking, cleaning, blending, <laughs> steaming. Uh, we're all busy in our lives. And, and if you have a healthy option to feed your kids, you know, it comes directly to your door and uh, and that's it you free yourself up spend more time with your kids to you know go to the office to do whatever uh, else you want to do and it's helped us a lot i mean when, you know we were developing it at the time it wasn't launched but we had so many sample packs and it was you know really helped us like with our son with, yeah. with our son <laughs> and, and just not feel guilty to give him anything else you know on like the time the master to, yeah, sampler he was the <laughs> He, 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 he came with at, us to all like meetings and everything. He was at every yeah tasting. It was it was great. I'm sure he had a good time. <laughs> so how was the experience like for you? So you, when you got pregnant, you've done your research and understood that there's nothing you would happily give to your child that is already out there on the shelves. But obviously, you're both very keen cooks. Mm. And I just want to understand what was your um, and what is your philosophy in terms of baby weaning? You know, would you still lean towards um, kind of pre-cooked stuff that mm. is specifically for the, ch the child? Mm. Or are you more towards just kind of cook what you cook for yourself and give that to the kid as well? Basically, our, our biggest goal for when, when we started weaning is that, like I said, I want him to, uh, we wanted him to love all foods. So, um, so we did a mix between baby led weaning and puree, which I think is the best of both worlds. Like you get the sensory experience and learn about textures Mommy. and feel and everything. Yeah. So we basically did, but I felt like with baby led weaning, it also has its limitations because there's not all foods that they can eat at a young age from and some of the most nutrient-rich foods like beans, pulses, all of that is hard for a baby to eat. And some foods are, have to be really soft. So I found that pureeing, first of all, it helped me monitor his intake a little bit better. It also made him, like I could expose him to more ingredients and make sure that he got all the nutrition that he needed whilst also having finger foods. I think both are really important for me personally. 
I think you're paying down also how Lisa had a whole plan in place. No, 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 but I also <laughs> with the, to say, the bitter greens. And yeah, yeah, these, uh, I'm yeah. going to get into that. But I just, and also I found with baby led weaning that when you're on the go and you go to someone's house, for example, and you want to do baby led weaning and they make a mess all over their house, it was important for me to have the puree option. So, and when, when you're in a rush and you don't want to clean up everywhere. So I, so we did a combination and we started off with bitter greens to make sure that he developed a taste for, for bitter, savory tasting foods. So we did the first two weeks, we did bitter greens, one every five days, a new one, like broccoli, for example, broccoli, spinach, cauliflower, avocado, and asparagus. Uh, that's just an example and then we would repeat those and repeat those so that was the first two weeks of weaning to set the tone and then we basically just started including more and more foods from there and the goal was for him to eat family food by like 12 months old approximately yeah. so we were introducing yeah. you know we and he had a lot of our food as well yeah, that's like the, we thing, pureeing, yeah. the yeah. only problem is that they can't have salt before 12 months and I mean like I do need some salt in my food yes <laughs> so you do have to kind of cook a little bit separate for them sometimes I would take out the portion before I added salt and you know puree for him but as we did a mix between yeah. some dedicated baby food some baby led weaning some family food it was basically like a mix of everything yeah. Like we had to eat the baby's food a few times when we did that. Yes, and I was so upset. He's like, "Oh, I can't believe I have to eat <laughs> eat this. <laughs> this yeah. is baby food." Because <laughs> uh, cause Lisa loves uh, cook. I think I, I was saying it earlier, you know, because I'm, I'm used like, to toddler food. I don't want it. <laughs> but we had, uh, you know, Lisa loves learning how to cook loads of different stuff. So I, I was quite fortunate because all the stuff that. You know, I'm used to like Iraqi food is so varied and we have influences from so many different cultures. And um, Lisa actually like, it's she so loved, good. Yeah, so she for anyone it. who hasn't tried it, Iraqi food is amazing. It really <laughs> yeah. is good. <laughs> and uh, so she's actually, you know, I hope my mum isn't watching this, but she can, <laughs> <laughs> she's actually Trump like a lot of our home foods that I'm used to for my mum. Amazing. And, which is great. I and really, then we give a lot of that to, 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 to our son as well. Even early on, like we yeah. puree some of that and, you know, and sort of like you just increase the texture of it. So yeah. we have a lot of like rice and stews and things of that yeah, nature, which are quite suitable um, for youngsters. But the only thing that I found hard um, is pureeing meat. For me, for some reason, it was just doesn't like it didn't seem right. I didn't like it. So... I guess the only thing that he was exclusively, we, we're not vegan, our baby food is vegan, but that's just because I, yeah, adding like meat to a puree, that's for me, just, it doesn't seem right in the fridge for two weeks. So basically the only thing that he had exclusively finger food was uh, meat. Everything else was mixed. And what kind of food would be a typical dinner for you guys at home that you now eat all together as a family? We have a lot of stews, stews with rice. If we're in a rush, it's pasta, some pasta dishes. Yeah, that's stews, some, stews some of, mainly. Yeah, some, I that's think... That's our favorite. <laughs> they're, they're very, like, I guess, inspired by that part of the world, a lot of the food that we eat. Um, yeah. Lisa's... Salar gave me a list in the beginning when we were together. He said, please <laughs> learn to cook these, these dishes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was... Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm glad. 
<laughs> and you did. It's she amazing. Did. She loves them too. Yeah, it's so, amazing. You know, we're, we I think we're, we're eat quite varied. Like it's never like there's for instance there's a dish that I love that Lisa makes, which is like an olive chicken. I guess it's more Mediterranean than anything. Yeah. But you can uh, touch yeah. on that. It's really good. What's your son like as a dining companion now? He's almost two. You know, he he's not he's not picky to be a toddler. He eats most foods. He's not like fussy with vegetables and stuff. But he does go through our, his fussier days, and and that's okay. If he does, you know, I we allow him no pressure. Eat at his own pace. He can go through like a week where he doesn't like something. He goes back to it, but. I wouldn't say he's at all fussy. He's quite, he loves food. Yeah, he's quite he adventurous. He comes running food. when you're like dinner, and he's like, dinner or lunch, he goes <laughs> running food. <laughs> throw his toys in the air yeah. and come running for his uh, chair. Yeah. We just, we make sure that we give him as, like, whatever we're eating now that he's, you know, onto, he's onto solid foods. Like he'll, he'll try a bit. And if, if he doesn't like it, we might reintroduce it without any pressure, like a week or two later. Yeah. And we, 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 we realize, like, we understand some of the foods that he just doesn't like, like avocado. He hates avocado just, since day one. I don't understand it, but it's just... doesn't like it. Doesn't but like we'll it. leave a piece of avocado sort of, like, on his plate sometimes randomly. And you'll see him, like, pick it up Move and it. look at it and, like, put it on his tongue a bit and then, like, throw it away. But we still expose him to it because, you know, yeah. we're not going to, like, shove it on his plate every day, but, like, once every few weeks, just so he knows it's, you know, something he can try. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's quite funny, like for, for you know, we're first time parents, so we're learning as we go along as well. There's so much advice that like, the, the, you know, our parents can give us, but I think things are a bit different also nowadays. I mean, we take their advice, but then there's so much more to consider now, I think. And it's fun watching them sort of like grow in front of you and develop as their own individual human beings. And that's like, even his relationship with food is like being developing and changing yeah. and it's I think for us one of the most fun parts of this whole parenting process was the food part like just watching his reactions <laughs> to different food and like getting excited it's so fun he's eating know. a tomato <laughs> yeah I don't know if yeah. you do this but I was like every time I'd give him a spoon of something and even himself like feeding himself now I, I open my mouth every time I'm like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> every time both of us do. We look at each other and burst out laughing. <laughs> Just mimicking him. And he does that to us. Yeah. He always gives us a piece of toast or something and he's like, try it. Or and he doesn't you, want it. Well, he doesn't want it. If he wants something, he can't come near his food. <laughs> how about you? How did you, uh, how's your weaning experience? It's similar in a way. Um, I have to say, I did find it a little bit more challenging than I anticipated. I was really looking forward to it. And um, my, the beginning of our, our breastfeeding journey was a bit challenging. So at first I was like, oh, I can't wait until I can just feed her food and cook for her because that's something that I know really well. Mm. But then by the time it was okay for her to eat solid food the breastfeeding work was working really well and then suddenly I was faced with this whole new world of pureeing and you know I've also done so much research and I was sure that I will do baby led weaning because I just felt there's so much evidence you know for the better of that approach 
but the practicality of it, as you've said, um, well, A, as you rightly said, there's not everything that can be eaten at this stage, but also just the practicality of baby-led weaning is so challenging. So I ended up also doing a mix of the two and also resorting to pouches, of course, especially because for me, that first year um, coincided with my book launch. So we did a lot of traveling okay. around the country for like different food festivals. I had lots of different events on. And it, it is more convenient. I mean, you know, you have yeah. to do what's best <laughs> at, you know, yeah. um, at the time. So it was a little bit challenging. I also found it really strange not to cook with salt. And I absolutely hated those kids' cookbooks that say, and then add salt at the end for yourself. It's like, no, <laughs> you, can't, you can't cook that way. It's not going to taste right. You need to salt at certain stages, depending on what you're cooking. So yeah, at first it was a bit of a challenge, but overall it is quite fun just to see her yeah, experiencing new things and especially if she's responding well and she has been overall. So, and now she seems to be a really good eater. I don't know how much of it I can say is down to me or whether it's just a genetic thing or just a coincidence, I don't know. But yeah. overall it's a very um, positive experience for me, for sure. But I mean, I love, like, it's just crazy to think guys that you <laughs> not only just did all the research, when you were getting ready to become parents, <laughs> you decided to create your own brand. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> really going the extra mile. <laughs> how <laughs> even like how did that work? I was barely managing to like feed one, <laughs> let alone create, you know, a whole brand to feed other children as well. Um, could you tell us about the actual kind of practicalities <laughs> and behind the scenes of creating a baby food brand? while you're weaning your own first baby yeah it take look it's i think there's no um two ways about it It, it's it's it's, it was hard and and it still is it It still still is is. yeah it's you know i think you you know very well in that early phase i mean i think throughout like you a a child just doesn't sort of like you know a, a baby doesn't come into the world and suddenly like take care of itself even after years so there's so much devotion as parents and we want to be ever present always as parents in his life. And um, in the beginning, it was, you know, a lot of sort of like trial and we're able to split our time up. Mm. And uh, a lot of the, the testing phase was done there in the beginning. So, so, you know, we didn't have all of the other elements of the brand to consider, but you know, I, a lot of product development. A lot of yeah. product development and planning but but i think once it came closer to launch you know then we really started to feel like the stress of launching a brand as new parents and having to do every little thing ourselves and making sure we have enough time for our kids i mean i think time is the one thing people never get back um, and yeah. and and it's it's you have to make a clear you have to make a decision uh, we talked to each other many times uh, on this journey and said mm-hmm. had to tell ourselves we're doing this for him like we might not see so much of him nowadays, um, but we are doing this for him essentially. And it is, it's always a battle because you feel like you could be spending more time with your kid rather than doing this. If I got a job that uh, sort of paid, I would still, you know, clock off every night and be able to sort of, give, you know, spend all the time in the world as a family. You know, it's tough. I mean, you can also test yourself yeah, as a mum. We were lucky in, in one sense because... Hi! Hi! <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Hi. 
She's gorgeous. Speaking <laughs> over your mummy's podcast. <laughs> she is. When I started it, she was, oh, I don't remember how old she was, but she wasn't talking as much. So it was kind of yeah. cute just to have a baby noise here and there. Now it's like a proper <laughs> speech. Yeah out like, like in the middle of microphone and start asking us questions <laughs> exactly <laughs> sorry no don't so ever cute. be sorry yeah. we're used to it all of our zoom calls with that we always have to say sorry but you're going to see a toddler flying around in the background <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's just come comes with that being a parent yeah yeah it really does so you know emotionally i think it's nice no but talking that you you found it very yeah, hard no i found it like i remember the first day i was away from from him a full day but first of all we were a bit fortunate because i'm because i'm norwegian and my job was in norway it was online but in norway uh you get one year paid maternity from your salary so that made a big difference for us because basically we i had one year that i could be with my son and to the business i didn't have to go back to work but i remember the first day we had to go to some meeting with the designers and it was my first full day away from him and i cried and i ch checked we had a babysitter i checked every like every I think 15 minutes has he eaten that what is he doing blah 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 and I, then he was six months and that was i think my first full day away yeah. from him that was hard it was challenging before that we brought him to everything even if he was crying i would go away so i would stay yeah, just bring him yeah, over. We had him in the, uh, you in, know, the carrier. in the carrier and people were looking at us. We wouldn't like, we're going to it. meetings with people who don't have kids. Must have found it so weird. But. You could see it in their face. They were uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> we told them we don't have any other choice. We're gonna, yeah. And, and uh, you know, it was a fun part of, I guess, of the story of building the brand. And uh, he was with us from on every step I'm, until from like a month old. Yeah. He was coming with us. Yeah. <laughs> Where did you have the strength and the energy? I mean, you know, the postpartum period is quite challenging for many moms that I have spoken yeah. to. How was that for you? And especially in the context of starting a new unknown business in a way. It was. It was really hard. I, I found it really hard. I found it hard because they you know, you don't get the rest at night. That's the, the main thing, I think. But we pushed through and you know, Salar was always encouraging and always, you know, when I was tired, he would take over and just, you know, let me do the baby, all the baby stuff. And you would, you would carry us mostly throughout that first year. I would just be there for, you know. No, you were there a lot. Stuff. I mean, it's, it's, you can't, you know, if you're fortunate I don't know, it enough was hard. Have... It was hard, but we, you just when you when you when you've started something you kind of just can't drop it so you don't really have a choice is what i feel and we were really passionate about it and it's something we were you know planning since i was what three months pregnant so yeah. it's not something that you know you've been working so hard you're not going to drop it so it's kind of like your second baby not in the same sense but you know what it i is. mean yeah so and you have all the pressure so so yeah, it's incredible like, what you can do when you kind of have to when your back's against yeah. the wall which is what i was going to say yeah so you've put so much not just effort but finances into it mm -hmm. that it suddenly becomes scary and it hits you in the face and, you're, and you okay, can't, yeah <laughs> now we're like we've got a kid we're not uh thinking for ourselves anymore we got to make sure that he's secure so when your back's against the wall i think it's human nature for you know for you to come out fighting and I think we, we lit, it's the way to describe all those low moments where we were tired. We just had to fight 
through it yeah. and we still do and hopefully it will take us to where we want to be but um yeah it's it's definitely challenging but uh, challenging. we've learned a lot and it's it's uh it's something i'd love to do again and again honestly because i think once you get a bit of that that bug for you know for 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 launching a startup and and creating something that's essentially like put together by you and your thought processes and your feelings it's kind of hard to put down it's very intoxicating <laughs> like you you know i'll wake up sometimes at night and it's our toddler will be screaming he'll wake us up but then i'll be he like he still wakes up <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like we mastered the food thing the sleep thing i didn't master it at all it's a disaster <laughs> it is a disaster yeah <laughs> but you know that you'll suddenly like get a good idea in your sleep and then i'll be like up till six in the morning like plotting it out and but then the next morning you might realize okay that was i was really tired that was a part of rubbish <laughs> <laughs> It's got that effect on you. That it has it's, a passion. That's great. It really drives you. And, uh, and yeah, it's, it's exciting stuff. I mean, you were doing the same. You were doing, you know, book launch with, with a little baby. It can't have been easy either. I guess in a way, that's true. It made me think that in a way it was a helpful balance that it wouldn't let me get too, as a new parent, I wouldn't get too bogged down by all the kind of questions of my new identity as a mom because I still had my kind of old identity going with the work yeah. and I didn't have all the stress and all this big pressure of launching a book and how well it's going to do because I kind of kept myself grounded by also having the baby and no matter what happens with the book the baby is the most important thing so I never felt too kind of self-important and too invested in the book so I felt in that sense it gave me a very healthy kind of distance from both a little bit which yeah. was wonderful but of course, it was also exhausting and taxing in so many other ways. And for you guys, what's the most fun and kind of exciting parts of your business, of your work in general? What kind of really sparks you? For me, when, like, when we get customer feedback, and, or maybe for, like, for people we don't know and everything, and they're saying, we really love your food and my baby really loves it, that makes me the happiest. Me too, I was going to say, I think... It makes me really happy. Because <laughs> we put so much time into... We could have released our, a lot of people um, across the... You know, we, I speak to everyone, I ask people much more experience than us, a million questions. I'm, th I'm sure some people have blocked me by now. <laughs> 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 but, um, but, you know, I kept, they kept saying, stop taking so long, bring your products out. But we just... That was the one thing that we... You know, some entrepreneurs might say you did take too long, but we wanted to make sure our product was amazing when it launched. And, um, yeah. and, and to get that feedback after all the hours that we put in, you know, the test site is, you know, an hour and a bit away. And we're like, literally, I was driving with all these like pots in my car <laughs> like 10 times like... a week. And you know what I mean? Like we put so much of our time into it to get someone who they're not connected to in any way, write you a review that's been, you know, saying that, your product is incredible and our kid like is a fussy eater and he's eaten all of your yeah. pots. Like that's the reward for me. Yeah. Um, our and friends then, in the beginning, they're all trying to be good friends and saying, we're going to, you know, when are you launching? I want to buy a box. <laughs> and we said, do not, don't take that away from us. <laughs> we want that first, those first sales to be people we do not know. We yeah. want, you know, you know what I mean? It was so important to us. And that also, first sale and the feedback. Yeah. And also, especially because our food is, it's all uh, under five grams of like natural sugar from fruit. So it's not, uh, a lot of the baby food on the market goes up to 14 or 20 grams. And 
you know, baby loves, they love sweet foods. So for us, when babies actually love them and they're not, you know, high in sugar, that was also something that yeah. we really kept in mind when we were developing it. It had to be really palatable, but also not super sweet. That's another reason why I get extra happy. Yeah. Like fussy eaters like it hot, they like it. And it's not like just fruit. So, so, you know, along the way, people will come like from within the industry who we spoke to and said, ah, oh, no, you should just, because parents, um, if, you, if you put more like fruits and stuff in your food, kids are going to be, uh, you know, are going to take to them much easier. Uh, you're making a mistake. So, you know, people question you throughout the journey, but I think the biggest thing is just stay true to, stay true to your path, do it. And, um, and you'll see like the results of that. And how do you develop the recipes? How do you come up with the flavors? Because they're so interesting. You know, it's not just the standard, like, I don't know, apple and pear, there you go. It's a really unique and really flavorful combinations. We were thinking about, you know, pairing which fruits, which foods we can actually use uh, that, that would do well in the process because not every food can be uh, HPP'd, like go under, hot, under cold water pressure. So that was some experimenting. <laughs> that was a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was really Lisa's love for food in the and beginning. Then, and then once we had our ideal recipes with all the things that we love, and um, behind it was a lot of research. So we worked with some great experts to make sure that the foods that we we're introducing were full of the key nutrients that babies need for brain development yeah. at, that, at those ages. So. And we wanted to include spices and stuff like that to make it more, you can't use salt or anything. So spices is a good way to to include flavors and then so a lot of the spices have like turmeric is really anti-inflammatory you know it's like good benefits as well and the same with you know shea seeds has high iron content which is which is important for babies same with flax and lentils and then um yeah so we just we, we made a million different flavors and blends <laughs> actually <laughs> and we just picked the ones that work the best so we're, we're, yeah, we're constantly we're... innovating still like we want to if there's some that don't do as well, we want to replace them. If there's, or we add other ones and have a bigger range. We're working on a breakfast range now, which is really going to be fun. So yeah, we're constantly we're constantly working, you know, working and innovating. <laughs> and uh, and 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 it's why it took us a year and a half is because you start off with your ideal, you know, with the experts' advice, your ideal sort of like selection or range yeah. of blends. And then you have to do, uh, you know, just testing like upon e testing upon testing. Yeah. And then you wouldn't know which ingredient is triggering something, you know, in, in, in your blend. And when I say something goes wrong, it means maybe it's not as effective as at inactivating the bacteria as it should be. And that's where you have to play with the blend. And sometimes um, you might find like a certain fat will, For example, will bring a bit of like sour coconut. bitterness to your... Yeah, for example, yeah. coconut, which I love to include because it's a healthy fat and, it's, and the flavor is really nice. Maybe, for example, coconut and pear, we found out, does not go well together. It makes the, the coconut process. go rancid. I, I don't know why, but there's all these kind of things that you'll you you know, find out. So we had to tweak and tweak and tweak and go back to the drawing board and tweak until we, from our like, I don't know, 50 blends we launched with 13. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, uh, so many we, we're going to start with. But then, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and now that we know more about it, we know, okay, what, what the do's and don'ts are. And, and yeah. now it's easier. It's like, okay, let's think of some really yummy stuff. So you have to work within limitations, but, mm. but you can, you know, you still, and, and for us, it's like we said earlier, it's, I think the very beginning of weaning isn't just about nutrition. We've made sure we've taken care of the nutrition side. 
but it's about experimenting with different flavors. So we yeah. wanted, you know, in the UK, people aren't really used to using a lot of different spices. I know London is a very diverse um, uh, place of people of many different backgrounds. Not all of the UK is as well. So we get a lot of feedback from our customers saying, I would have never thought to put, um, for instance, turmeric in food or da da da. But you know, it's 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 nice. I like exposing my kid to loads of different things, mm -hmm. and 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 I think that's we brought that into the food. Like, okay, you might not usually have all these ingredients at home, so let's do something a bit different for you, and uh, and and make it taste good as well. Mm -hmm. Like, we worked with a great team who had, um, some of them were some 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 chefs or like taste specialists at different companies, and they helped us sort of take our ideas for our first initial 50, 60 blends and tell us, okay, you're going a bit too far here. You yeah. can't really make this into a baby food. And uh, they, they were like quite chef inspired. So from two loving parents yeah. to the hands of chefs that had to basically- And the, we, <laughs> and the winning out. experts we, the, yeah. we worked with. It was a fun process. Yeah, Every, everyone had to be happy. Yeah. I guess your son has such a wonderful palate. Um, as you said, he was your kind of master uh, taster. How was his response to what you were giving him? All of our blends he loves. And, and that was, you know, he was the, like, at the beginning, he was the only baby trying them. So that was really important for me that at least the one, the one taster would like it. So yeah, he, he really liked them all. He's, yeah. I mean, you can't really, yeah. you can't go wrong because he's, um, like the, you know there's there's certain ingredients i feel like so, like if the interesting thing for me is to see so we survey everyone who's bought from us uh, anyone who's ever received a box and one of the questions on there is what's your favorite and honestly what was the one you your kid really didn't like and you so you can't you can't put yeah. your finger on it there are so many different tastes and obviously everyone's an individual so there are some that we thought, okay, maybe this blend shouldn't have made the final cut, but it became the favorite overwhelmingly for many different families. Right. And, uh, and there are some that like Lisa, for instance, thought me like and Lisa thought would be the best. And, and a lot of kids, you know, were like, okay, that wasn't our favorite, but this was. So it's, it just shows you that there's, yeah. there's no one solution to it. When you have a kid, some kids are going to like some stuff, some kids aren't. And it's just about exposing them to different things and letting them find out, you know, what their what, what their own palette, I guess. No, it's an amazing, and it's so important what you do because I mean, food is the stuff of life. It's like the most, you know, aside probably from your relationship to your parents or you know your immediate caregivers, your relationship to food is probably another the most kind of essential pillar of your life, and yeah, it encompasses everything from emotions to relationships to your place and you know in culture and society and it's yeah it's a bit I guess sad that so many of us we don't really know where to start and people do find themselves completely lost and confused when it comes to introducing children to food yeah. so thank you for doing the work that you do because this is really <laughs> such an important niche to open up and offer really well, real food I mean that's at the end of the day that's what you're doing that's what we need thank you very much yeah it's definitely it's it's i think that's you know passion that drives us and moves us forward and you know seeing if we can fix a tiny part of of, of that problem because we understand we have to we do all the research and we're parents ourselves like we were anxious and if we didn't have to do all of that research of you know 
how to start feeding our kids or what yeah. to start feeding. I mean, we would have been completely I, I honestly would have thought like mashed banana, that's the way you start. Because, <laughs> you know, that's what, that's what my mom told me. And I guess that's what she did. So, you know. Yeah. And, 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 and so, you know, if we can help in a, if, with a little part of that or make one or two parents' lives easier. Just want to say. It, it's, it, I think that's also for us something so fulfilling yeah. and a job done. Uh, just quickly to touch upon price and accessibility, because um, obviously I would imagine producing something so you know curated and with such good quality and so much love and care put into it, I can imagine that for you to make sense to do it, it has to have a higher price point. For us, it's the beginning of a journey. So I can't. I have an idea of what might that might look like. You know, a year, two years down the line. But at the moment, if you if you're using really great produce and you're not producing, you know, hundreds of thousands of, 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 of blends, like we're very much small batch curated, things are going to be more expensive naturally. I will never, we have our values set up from the beginning when on our wall at our manufacturing site. And one of those values is just stay true to good food. And, uh, and, and, and you can find ways around it. We might, we'll never be a product. Um, cuts that, that cuts corners and we'll never we have to be honest we'll never be a product for everyone it, for, for everyone mm. it's you know when you grow you'll you'll definitely save some costs and you can pass that on to your end user but until we get to that point i mean if you people don't understand still i think the cost of like basic foods even if you're getting them at wholesale prices so like a red bell pepper that's organic grown you know, it, it's going to be an expensive. you are buying in small batches. Yeah, it's, it's going to be gonna... an expensive product, mm -hmm. and and it's more. I think it, it's it's definitely a dream of ours to get more in the mass markets. And I think the the bigger you grow and the more you're able to produce, everything across the board comes down. We're not too far off. I mean, if you were probably like a pound, um, a pound and a bit off a a pouch of one of the better brands in the supermarkets. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you can close that gap, but you'll always be making a product for people who want to buy that product because they understand, you know, that the importance in feeding your kids and this kind of good food. Yeah. And as much as we would love to love to be at, at like, you know, the same price or, or lower, you know, I'd love that. But it's also the reality of it. What we're making, we want to make sure that it's good. So it's not, it's yeah. not possible for us right now to put it at that price yeah and 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 there's other initiatives that we can put into place to sort of you know and and for me that's something i look very much forward to which is um working with different foundations to get these sort of like boxes into families homes and yeah. uh, and doing it of our own accord as well not just you know for, for the profit but making sure that we can uh, identify some great uh, groups who have the same interests um, as us and interest in, in, in sort of like bettering a family's position just from food alone. And, and that's something that we look forward to once we grow a bit. But one thing I will add is people also don't make, if you look at some of the food that's out in the market, it's not really just about the ingredients. I mean, it's hard to explain all of this in such a short time that you have with people nowadays because you literally have people for 20 seconds on your site. Um, and 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 you're lucky if you have a, a lot more than that so but there's a lot that you, you there's a lot to do with education on products i mean it's a, a pouch of baby food might be even watered down if you really look at the ingredients by up to 40 percent so they use fancy terms as vegetable stock but it's really 
water, they don't have to disclose the percentage of vegetables in that stock. Yeah. You're paying a, what you think is a low price point, but for maybe half a pouch of water. Mm. Uh, and, and that's also something that needs to be addressed. And yeah, and also if you compare our pouches to like, they're fairly the same, same price as a Starbucks latte. So it's not really, you, we're just- At the used, moment. Yeah, at the moment. It will come down. So, you know, they are more than, than a baby food you find in the supermarket. But at the same time, you know, a lot of people will buy that price for a coffee. Mm. To spend that on a meal for your child as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just a Starbucks. I mean, I think especially in London, if you go to any sort of artisan coffee, which is the, you know, the thing that everyone does nowadays. Um, I mean, if you pay even more, some, some coffees are more expensive than what we serve, but it's water and, uh, and a bit of coffee and maybe, you know, some milk or something. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, I think, it, like I said, like we're at an interesting place in, um, in where people are caring more about what they put in their bodies and especially what they put in the kids' bodies. And, and, and we really want to be part of that, that narrative and, and just explain to people, um, you know, the benefit that you get back from putting that into your kid's body. Uh, it's the most crucial period of growth, arguably, in a, in a human's life, is those first um, three years where nearly 80, um, they say up to 85% of, of, your, of, of your adult brain size is grown in those years. So, and 65% of the calorie intake goes towards that development and growth. So, so you yeah. literally, you know, without alarming people, but we are what we eat, which we all know as adults, but it becomes more crucial when you're a kid and, and helping that along. It's, it's not about, you know, buying ready-made foods. I mean, even if people didn't, uh, you know, choose to purchase our product, just including a bit more of that fresh food, I think is a really important thing to do. Yeah, and uh, and that's really uh, something that we want to work on. Amazing, and I wish you all the best for it because it, it really is such an important and wonderful initiative. So hopefully we'll catch up again in a couple of years' time, and you'll be thriving and yeah. <laughs> feeding more babies and educating their palates and giving them the best start in life possible. Thank you for listening and being part of the mother food community. If you are enjoying this podcast, please share, subscribe, rate and review. It really does make a huge difference. You can join the conversation over on Instagram, where you can find me under Elisa Timoshkina and do visit my website, elisatimoshkina.com to find out more about the mother food cooking course and enjoy the recipes featured on this podcast. If what I do in any way resonates with you, I'd be so grateful if you could consider supporting me by going to buymeacoffee.com forward slash Elisa Tim. Thank you so much for being here and I can't wait to share the next episode with you.